Hi, I'm Hillary Walsh, a serial entrepreneur, award-winning immigration lawyer, law professor, TEDx speaker, and raving Phoenix Suns fan. Over the past decade, I've helped thousands of immigrants live free in the United States. I'm talking work permits, social security numbers, green cards, their citizenship, VAWA, T-Visa, U-Visa, and lots of successful appeals. Here's the thing. Immigration law is super complicated, and legal advice, well, it can be pretty expensive. So I created the Immigration Law Made Easy podcast to share my 10-plus years of experience with you for free. So if you're looking for tried-and-true, no-BS, step-by-step strategies and tips on how to win your immigration case and live truly free in the United States, you're in the right place, my friend. Let's get started. If your family member is detained in a detention center and they have just recently come to the United States and been apprehended and taken into custody, this is a great video for you because I'm going to go over what the credible fear interview process is. And if your family member doesn't pass at that stage, what their other two options are so that they hopefully are able to stay in the United States legally and help them be able to seek asylum. Hi, I'm Hillary Walsh. Welcome. I'm an attorney in Arizona practicing exclusively immigration law. I have helped hundreds and hundreds of people get out of the detention center, many of them through the credible fear process and many of them through the bond process. So what we're here today is, you know, you usually can't apply for and you, you really cannot apply for a bond if you're in credible fear proceedings. So you, you may be in the detention center You may really want to see a judge. Your family member may really want to see a judge, but they're not going to be allowed to unless and until they either pass the credible fear interview or they're denied and they're they're seeking an appeal that an immigration judge would then talk to them. So it's so important to pass the credible fear interview process in order to ask for a bond and try to be released from the detention center. Because at least here in Arizona, if you don't pass your credible fear interview, they're, they're like 99% not going to let you out of the detention center. They're going to return you eventually to, your, to the home country where your family member came from. So this video is going to go over some of the basics, really the procedure for what happens before, during, and after a credible fear interview, and what are some of your options if, for example, you don't pass the credible fear interview, okay? So let's get down to it. In the United States, we have what's called expedited removal proceedings. And this was something that was created, you know, in the 1990s. It didn't exist before then. And it was really began to be enforced in the early 2000s. And as a border state here in Arizona, we see a lot of credible fear interview proceedings. And so I feel really excited to be able to share my years and years of experience with you in this in this uh, moment. Okay. Credible fear interview, credible fear proceedings means that you have either come to the border and asked to come in to seek asylum, or you crossed the border without permission and you were stopped within a hundred miles of the border within a couple of days of crossing. So an example of this, I used to represent, and I still do represent a lot of people from India and they would cross the border. They would hop the border and walk in and look around and wait for border patrol to come pick them up, knowing that they would be taken to a detention center, given a credible fear interview, and then if they passed it, they would be eligible for bond. They they knew what the process was. 
By contrast, when I represent Cubans, a lot of Cubans come to the border and stop and ask to come in. And especially during the past few years of the pandemic, almost everybody had to stop. No one was able to cross the border and seek asylum. And I want to state that although it may seem like it's something that should be frowned upon to, to I, I describe it as hopping the border, as crossing the border without permission, what I want to say is that in immigration law, it's actually not illegal or frowned upon or really even discouraged on some level in the Ninth Circuit, because case law shows that if you are fleeing for your life from your home country, you're going to do anything that it takes to get to safety. And if the United States and entering this country is safety, for example, if you're fleeing from Mexico and you're afraid that you won't be able to cross the border legally, cross into the country legally, so you enter illegally, that is still considered an understandable and in line with your fear of removal. So I just want to say that sometimes people get really concerned about like, hey, I crossed the border. My family member crossed the border illegally in order to get here to seek asylum. Is this going to be a problem for us? And I will say that Border Patrol doesn't like that. You're, the border deportation officer in the detention center doesn't like that. But the, in the grand scheme of things, the immigration court, uh, when they're looking at the asylum claim itself, they they are not going to kind of fault your fa- you or your family member if that's if that's the decision that you made in order to get safely into the United States. So if you are apprehended within 100 miles of entering of the, of the U.S. Mexico border, or if you're up in Canada, I guess that's the same there. If you're apprehended at the Canadian border 100 miles in, you will be put into expedited removal proceedings and you will be required to pass a credible fear interview before you can seek asylum in court. Okay. This really is a one and done. If you don't pass the credible fear interview, it's at at the first shot. It's very rare for you to get a second interview. Instead, what will happen is if you don't pass an immigration, you can ask for an immigration judge to have what's called a credible fear review hearing. And this will be where the, it's usually less than 15 minutes. Immigration judges do not like these in my experience and they really try to get through them very quickly. I have represented lots of people in these hearings and I have a very, in my experience, it's a very small speaking role. Even as an attorney, the judge really is going to look at the credible fear interview transcript, the notes. Uh, It's not really a transcript to be technical. It's the notes that are from the credible fear interview and may ask the individual who's detained some questions. If they have an attorney, they may ask the attorney if they have anything they want to say, they're not going to ask the attorney any questions because they're not really concerned with what the attorney has to say, but allows the attorney to give some input if relevant, and then we'll make a decision. And like I said, these are like 15 minute um, hearings from start to finish, and that's even when they're translated. So if you cut them down to just the English component, it's really going to be only like seven or eight minutes. If the immigration judge finds that the asylum office who issued the credible fear interview decision was wrong, you will get a notice to appear, which means you'll be able to apply in theory for a bond and you'll be able to seek asylum in the United States. Short answer is you'll get to stay and fight your case. If the immigration judge finds that the asylum office was right and that you you should not be able to stay in the United States and seek asylum, 
then that's a bad thing for you. And you're going to want to file a request for reconsideration with the asylum office. You file this directly to the asylum office and you need to usually move very quickly on this. And it's going to outline all the reasons that the initial decision was wrong. It's effectively an appeal to the same person who issued the decision to begin with. So these usually are not very successful. Although we have had a lot of success with them, I would say that even a lot of success is probably only 10 to 20% of the time do we win. So a lot of success is like 10 to 20% because I think that many people find that only one to 2% are granted. In any event, it's so important that you move quickly and that you, these are the rights that are available to you. If you want the hearing with the immigration judge, you have to ask for it. And it's required that you get that hearing within 10 days of asking for it. And then for your request for reconsideration, the really powerful tool there is that as soon as you file it, it is my understanding, it's my experience, although I've never seen it in writing anywhere, that as soon as you file the request for reconsideration with the asylum office, your your removal will be essentially administratively stayed, which is a fancy way of saying that as soon as you file the request for reconsideration, while they're, con- while they're reconsidering it and making a decision on it, they won't deport your family member. And I know this in practice because I filed a request for reconsideration. And as soon as I filed it, they went and got my client off of a plane where they were about to deport him back to India. So this is a very powerful tool. They ended up denying his request for reconsideration, but then releasing him and giving him a notice to appear anyway. So it was kind of a wild situation and you just never know what will happen sometimes. That's that's uh, that's how it goes. But in any event, it's a really powerful tool. So let's go back to the beginning and we'll do a brief summary kind of of each of these steps so you kind of understand what's going on. If I cross the border and I'm stopped within 100 miles of entering within a few days of, of, of when I cross, I'm going to be put into expedited removal proceedings. And if I don't have a fear of being harmed in my home country, I'm going to be deported and given an expedited removal order and I'm never going to talk to a judge. Done. But if I do have a fear of being harmed in my home country and I tell them that, I tell Border Patrol, I tell ICE, I tell immigration, I have a fear of being harmed in my home country, then you'll get scheduled for a credible fear interview. And this credible fear interview should happen. It's going to be on the phone while you're in the detention center or the prison, depending on where you're at. You know, things are still running as they normally run right now. It should be just a couple of weeks to a month before you get the actual interview scheduled and you get on the phone with the asylum officer who will ask you for about three hours a series of questions about whether you have a credible fear or not. You have the right to have an attorney on this call with you, even if you're in the detention center. So a lot of families will call my law firm and ask for us, you know, to be on the call. We help prep the client beforehand so they can properly articulate what their fear is because we need to say the right phrasing to pass. After that three hour interview, this is the opportunity your attorney or your representative has to send the asylum officer country conditions, evidence, anything that's going to support your claim that you're going to be harmed. There's a high probability that you're going to be harmed in your home country if you're not allowed to stay in the U.S. and seek asylum. 
this is all great stuff in support of your credible fear. It shows that your fear is not only true, but that it's likely, it's probable. We want to show the probability that if you're going to be returned to your home country, that you're going to be harmed. Okay. So we'll include things like country conditions evidence. If you have any photos of harm that you've experienced, if your family members know of what's happened to you and the reason that you had to come to the United States, this is the time for us to submit all of that. After that, it's usually very quickly that we get maybe within two weeks that we will get a decision from the asylum office saying, yes, this person has a credible fear or no, they don't have a credible fear. What is the difference between these? They can say, yes, they have a credible fear, as in I believe they're telling the truth, but I don't think that there's a probability of them winning high enough to warrant them getting to see a judge. Therefore, they should be deported without seeing a judge. Okay, that is not good. That's what we don't want. And that's where we can go ask an immigration judge to review the credible fear finding. It's called a credible fear review hearing. And even if the immigration judge says, no, you shouldn't stay, you can still basically appeal it again and ask for reconsideration from the asylum office. So that's kind of that route. However, if the asylum office says, yes, they have a credible fear, that means that you're issued a notice to appear. And for anybody who's going through this process, this is like the golden ticket to Hollywood from American Idol, because you want to get a notice to appear. The notice to appear usually means that now you, you can apply for bond, you can seek asylum, that you're not going to be deported like that without seeing a judge. Now you can see a judge. Now, I want to emphasize and just be really clear that just because you get a notice, notice to appear doesn't mean that you will automatically be eligible to file for bond. Here in Arizona, for example, and it, it varies depending on what jurisdiction you're in, but if you come to the border and seek asylum, you're not eligible for bond, even if you get a notice to appear. The only people who are eligible at the time of this recording, the only people who are eligible after you pass a credible fear interview are those who cross the border and don't go through a border checkpoint. So it, it really depends on what your situation is. And also, if you have any criminal history, that can impact whether you're eligible for bond or not as well. So I hope this is helpful to you. If you're going through this process and you feel like, oh, my gosh, this is like all jumbled up. This is 15 minutes of I'm confused. What I'll say is you're you're right. It is confusing. And you're right. It is a lot of vocabulary. I've spent the past 10, 12 years doing almost exclusively this type of work outside of, you know, I, of course, if you listen to the podcast or anything like that, you know that I love doing a lot of vowel work and a lot of TV. So work, but my work in detention centers has really been learning to master the credible fear process and helping people get out of the jail, out of the detention center. I have personally been um, in like a lockup facility for teenagers when I was a kid. So I do not have fond memories of that, that experience. And so it is a huge passion project of mine to help people not only be able to get out of the detention center, but one of the great things that our country provides is a safe haven to those who need it because they're not safe in their own country. And it is my responsibility, I think, as an attorney to be able to help people get access to that and even though, you know, I'm not your attorney right now, I hope that this information helps perhaps just, if nothing else, give you a little hope that even if we don't pass at this credible fear stage, it gets harder and harder to pass. It gets harder and harder to be able to stay, but that there are still options and there's still hope. 
If you want to reach out to me, send me a message, comment, whatever you would like. And I'm happy to share any resources with you that we, I mean, I'm happy to share a request for reconsideration that we filed so you can see what a copy of that looks like. I'm happy to send, uh, you know, if you want to see what our country conditions packets look like and that sort of thing. I'm, I'm so happy to share any resource that you think might be helpful. We are here to serve you. Whether you know us or not, I want to be a free resource and guide to you. If this is helpful, please share it with a friend. Please follow so that you get additional information. And most of all, never give up. Your immigration journey, your family's immigration journey is, is perhaps very, very long. And you may be, if they're detained right now, this is a very scary time for them. But I am here with you. And we can do this. Si se puede, okay? Have a great day. Thank you so much. My friend, I'm so glad you joined me today. If you have a friend or family member who may need some immigration law guidance or even just day-to-day encouragement, please send them a text or email or a DM on social media and say, hey, I think this podcast is going to help you. I sure wish someone had given me the tips I'm sharing here years and years ago when I was starting out as an immigration lawyer. Thank you so much for being here. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Adios.